This is the GDC Life podcast. Wow. Let's get to know these guys real quick. So we got Lucas and Dee, favorite ice creams? Um, coconut and tiramisu at the moment. Ooh, Pistachio. Pista- these guys, they just came back from Italy. So some typical <laughs> answers. Yes, we got Lee and Danny, favorite ice creams? Um, dulce de leche. Ooh, very nice. I'm more of a mango. I don't know if that's the ice cream. Ah, yeah. Is gelato? Sorbet, yeah. Sorbet? Yeah. I think that works. Mango. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, pistachio and lemon. Wow. Coconut and chocolate. Nice. Vanilla. Nice. <laughs> uh, boysenberry. No, very good. We had like, until we got to Christina, we had no boring flavors, but thank you, Christina. <laughs> uh, very good, very good. Okay, so um, I also just want to encourage us with this. I mean, a, a bunch of these guys are different uh, elders, deacons, and team leaders here at church. Um, so what we're going to hear, we're probably going to hear all sorts of different perspectives. Um, unless something's like scripture, I think what's beautiful is that we're all growing in this journey towards um, you know, in revelation towards what God has for us in our relationships. Plus, every relationship is different. Um, but we're probably going to have a whole bunch of different answers coming out of some of the questions you guys asked. So start blasting that number with questions. But one question that came through this morning on Instagram I thought would be cool to start us off on uh, was a question around unity. And how on earth are we supposed to have unity uh, when people think different from us? So how can I be united with a brother or sister or a wife or a husband or my own children um, if they think differently? I don't know. What does unity look like to you guys? Anyone want to jump in on that? I'll kick it off. Okay. Uh, Well, obviously, me and my wife think differently, and I'm glad we do. Because for starters, she's a different gender to me, and she was born from a different family. And I was from a different... uh, I'm Italian culture. She's South American. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) And, and we think differently, but we love each other. You know, she doesn't mind me saying, I'm actually very organised with my clothes and I fold everything and, and she doesn't. And that's fine. I actually live, I live with her for 31 years and I love her to, to life. And, it, and I think it's great that we actually think differently. And, yeah, so unity in that. Yeah, absolutely. Love. It's love. I think as well, like... Um, I'm sure, like, a lot of us are familiar with the passage in Ephesians 5 where where it talks about, you know, wives submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives. But um, just before those verses, the verse preceding those ones says, submit to one another in reverence for Christ. So um, even if we have, especially in the body of believers, even if we have things that we may not agree on completely, the call for us to, you know, unify together is not because of we want to or maybe because we think we might be right and we're just willing to let it slide. But ultimately, it comes down for our reverence for Christ and are we willing to obey him in this area? Very good. Mutual submission. So... Um, I also just getting a reminder here uh, on the radio just to let everybody know that these questions coming through are anonymous so um, don't feel afraid to ask the questions that your other half are asking when we know it's you Um, so feel free to ask them Um, just uh, a question around that I thought would be cool to ask is maybe what's your desire for uh, what's your greatest desire for your partner to come into since we're talking about unity, what's, what's one of the greatest desires you have for your partner to come into? Like maybe a revelation or a... Uh... 
Is or this just a trick anything? question? <laughs> uh, we, we, if, if there's, I mean, it is a random question, but uh, I thought it might be worth asking, is this something that you're believing for your partner? I will not answer this one. <laughs> just one, or is it? <laughs> I don't think it answers the question properly, but one of the greatest joys from being in a, like, a relationship yep. is when you can do something that supports what, that, what they're passionate about. Or when you can do something that blows wind in their sails or, or take something so that they can succeed, you know? Yeah. So I definitely enjoy that, like whether it be a marriage covenant yeah. or just friendships and that, That's definitely. Awesome. I, got a, I got a question for you guys, actually. Um, so maybe just coming off of that, with four kids running a business and general business of life, how do you guys keep the spirit of adventure um, a lot and dreaming as well uh, alive for you guys as a couple and then also for your family? A spirit of adventure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like for us it's not hard to keep on having fun and being ourselves because we just still love hanging out and being together amidst all those things that you mentioned. Um, it's uh, We prioritise just being friends first and investing in our relationship and um, just like enjoying each other and enjoying our family first before all of those responsibilities that you mentioned. And I feel like um, out of that, it becomes a priority because we just, you know, still love that. And um, it's not hard to make that a priority when yeah. you enjoy it so much. Yeah, 100%. That's awesome. That's Very good. Yeah. No. <laughs> you did a good job. Okay, that's beautiful. No, that's cool. Um, so you guys are like down the track. We've got Tony and Heidi. They've got a bunch of kids as well. Um, on the other <laughs> side, yeah, we've got some of them on stage. They're everywhere. Um, uh, on the other side of the spectrum, we've got Danny and Lisa. How long have you guys been dating for now? Officially a year last week. So oh, very cool. We're pretty much experts now, nice. right? <laughs> That's great. That's, so how did you guys get started on that journey? It was and actually during COVID, the start of COVID, um, just before the lockdown last time, we just, I don't know, we just started like hanging out at Zion a bit more and chatting and that sort of thing. And then when COVID happened, uh, it was kind of a chance for us because I wasn't working yeah. more free time. Yeah. So I was able to actually just hang out and just become friends first a lot, yeah, cool. which actually really helped um, in just that relationship first and put the pressure off yeah. too, I'd say, and just before having to, I don't know, sometimes there's that church pressure, right, of having, yeah. oh, what's going on, what's going on, and that. <laughs> so when we didn't have that, it was good. We yeah. could just become friends and yeah. just get to know each other. Sure. Yeah. Well, in saying that too, we just didn't hang out with each other. We actually have people around us that, um, that are accountable in whatever is happening in the, with, between us, because we feel like we need that wisdom around us. We just don't want to do it on our own in lockdown. And so that really helped us have this um, godly wisdom and perspective on what's happening between us. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. And then maybe like going, because it's, obviously it's only been a year, how do you feel you managed to stay healthy as single people or what did you maybe what are the things that contributed to not being healthy as single people i don't know maybe is there anything that you can speak into pre pre this time um i guess what did being a healthy single person look like to you um yeah what'd you go through do you mean like even now in the relationship yeah i guess yeah. that too yeah 100 percent because you're not married no and anything true. can happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. Oh! Uh, <laughs> no, I think um, 
I really like hanging out like one-on-one with guys and just bonding and that sort of thing. So I think trying to be more intentional in that, even during the dating, obviously having our time together, but being able to see the people that I need to, that I feel like God's put in my heart, even just hanging out with them. Mm. Um, that's really helped. Um, I think it's quite healthy too, you know, not just having that whole thing, but having, you know, those relationships with others outside too. Um, yeah. I think that's really helped, yeah. um, you know, have my heart um, towards people and just, um, growing together and stuff like that. Yes. So that's kind of what I felt has been quite important yeah. for me. Yeah. Do you have anything? Yeah. Um, I think it's when before coming into the relation, this relationship, both of us have very have our strong relationship with God, and I think keeping that even being in this relationship, uh, keeping the purity, keeping um, our relationship with God the first thing in our lives, even before coming together, because a bit of a background, um, I've never dated anyone before Danny, and uh, I felt like I had this desire to be in a relationship since I was um, 15. (laughs) Um, But uh, growing up, I have this idea of uh, dating a godly man, and year after year, I, w- I would wait. And I felt like waiting for so long, Now and now I finally have it. I didn't want to spoil it. I want to keep myself pure and honor God um, after him giving me this, this blessing. Yeah. So I think having that, um, uh, having this in mind, I, I just want to keep this um, relationship special and yeah. pure. <clears throat> and yeah, just yeah. having that in my heart the whole yeah. time. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think for me, I came, this is my first relationship um, with a Christian as well. So, like, you know, living in the secular world, it had to change all my old values and what, it, what I thought it looked like to have a, what a real relationship looked like. Um, yeah, and, like, having Jesus at the center of it, like, it just makes everything so much easier. Like, knowing what his heart is towards how to treat a woman, but also a godly woman as well, like, in China, how to build her up as well. So that's been really... Um, yeah, the more time I just pursued God and I got to know his heart a lot more, it just helped to change yeah. everything in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I guess around this sort of topic, this is for everyone though, um, is there anything that you wish that you did more of or you learnt um, during your single years or, so, or maybe something you did learn in your single years that you feel like um, would be helpful to people that are in that uh, either season of singleness or... Calling to singleness for some of you. <laughs> yeah. Any, anything particular that you wish you learned or you did learn that you think was helpful or could have been helpful? Um, yeah. Um, one thing that just comes to mind, being um, like a girl in high school with my friends, we spent a lot of time going over our list of things we wanted in our ideal man. And we had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. So my list was probably like, I don't know, 40 points. (laughs) I think I still have it somewhere. But um, one one thing that I learned was when I um, just had the thought that it's not so much like, yes, it's important to have those standards, you know, to like at a minimum, of course, a man who loves God that, you know, um, which Lucas does, which is amazing. But um, I had the thought one day, what about me? Like, what criteria am I fulfilling for my future spouse? Like, it's so easy to pine over all these things we want in our partner. But are we also willing to be introspective and be like, am I someone who would be 
you know, fulfilled answers to prayer for another person's desire for a future wife. So, yeah, it's always easy to look and critique the other, but sometimes, you know, we need to surrender and just be like, what work do I need to do as well? It's good. Can I just say something? Um, I just want to say on the back end of our um, relationship, it's been quite a few years that I can't even remember being single, <laughs> but um, the whole thing of... If, even if you don't get everything right, um, perseverance and putting work into your relationship will get you 30 years, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't do all those things before, um, you know, we just went into our relationship and I'd, I, as a, you know, I was only 17 when we started going out and um, I was just a young child that, you know, I, I was in love with God and I knew that he was and that was all that mattered at the time, you know. But over the years, you know, um, growing together, we've come to, I think, a beautiful place now that has, you know, flourished. So don't think that yeah, if, if you do the wrong thing, you won't get the relationship you want. You know, just put the work in because um, it has taken work. You know? 100%. So good. Um, I think this is another area where, like, again, if if things have gone sour, um, there's, there's always hope and it's like God's, God's a God of rest, restoration, reconciliation. Um, but another question that's come out is how do you navigate? So like let's talk relationships. So you're dating. Um, how do you navigate physical boundaries? Um, how did you? How do you? How do you, how do you think is best in glorifying God? Um, again, there might be some different thoughts here. Um, so it would be cool to kind of hear what some of you think, different things. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, obviously, if you're entering, so obviously talking about a relationship where we're pursuing a future, guy and girl, thinking the idea of there might be a future. So I, in that relationship, I hope there's an element of attraction because you need to be attracted to the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. <laughs> so it's a good thing that you're attracted. But um, one thing we did really early in our relationship is we communicated and just laid it all out. And we were really, you just, you got to talk about it because you're attracted to the person. So you want to protect yourself. And you want to do it, honour God and, and do it the ideal way that we can as far as our relationship and how I treat, treated her. And I was just like, we need to talk about this. So not long into our relationship, once we said, we're going to give this a go and see what comes of it, we spoke about it. And we, it was awkward for us. We were young. We didn't know what we were saying. And we are like, do we do this? Don't we do that? But it was worth it. It just set us on the right track early in our relationship. So I think you definitely need to bring it in pretty early because you are going to be attracted to the person. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think for us, we had to really kind of just talk about it at the start just to say this is where the boundaries are and just really communicate that quite clearly. And that definitely helped. And Lee mentioned it before, you know, having the, like, godly people around you as well and you're asking them questions, or how did you do it, what worked well, what didn't work well. And then you can kind of see, okay, that's what worked well, let's try that. And I think, you know, communication is really key and if we don't have that or that openness to share our vulnerabilities or things we're liking or not liking. I just feel like it, it hinders it, yeah. the relationship. So yeah, I think that's really kind of helped us yeah. a lot. Um, I guess for me personally, I've all, I felt like God has always uh, spoken to me about um, making my life a good testimony. Um, I think that's something that I've held on to. And I feel like, um, yeah, being my, in this relationship with Danny, I've, I wanted to be able to tell to my ch children in the future that how we did it, uh, how we how we stayed pure, how we 
you know, how we honor God in our relationship. And I think that's something that um, I have a, I firmly believe and I wanted to pass on to my children. And I know I can't tell them, uh, uh, I can't tell them something that I didn't do myself. So that's, uh, yeah, that's what's helping me. How about, uh, so in this, say we've got boundaries set up, we're here to honor one another. Um, how about when, within any relationship, because there's all sorts of boundaries that you set up in any relationship, whether it's, you know, in a dating relationship, physical boundaries, maybe emotional boundaries, but just in general, you know, in our relationships with our friends and all of that, there's all sorts of boundaries and stuff. What happens when, like, within a relationship, there's friction, trust is broken, and someone's been hurt? What do you do to... Uh, enter into like, I don't know, some sort of reconciliation? Like what does it look like? You know, let's say you've been hurt or someone's hurt you. What does that look like for you guys? Have you seen? Um, well, we don't know what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, of course, if, if, if trust is broken, you've, you've got to obviously seek, seek the Lord and ask God what he, what he wants you to do and how he wants you to view things and put his spectacles on, you know. It really does help, you know. And then uh, the forgiveness factor, you have to forgive and forgive, to forgive means to give before they even yeah. ask for forgiveness, mm. forgive, you know, the yeah. actual word itself means to do it before. So you're not going to wait for them to repent and be sorry, oh, I didn't like the way you said sorry, that apology is not acceptable, <laughs> you know, no, you just forgive, yeah. right, and then work it out and you talk like Brendan was saying, you need to be able to communicate and talk and, and try and see each other's point of view and usually you know, 99% of the time it works out. Yeah, <laughs> We're still here 31 years later. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thanks. Um, I'd say, like, it's all about your relationship with God. So if you, and the Bible talks about if you have um, an issue with a brother or a friend and you go to God and you're, you're bringing your gift of worship, God actually says, like, go deal with that situation first. So it depends on if you're, you're the one who's, done the wrong or if you've both done the wrong um, but if you if you can be the person to be quick to forgive or quick to ask for forgiveness then that's really um, that's the test that you can you can do of yourself before you do of someone else like take the, take the log out of your own eye yeah. before you try and fix the other person yeah. but if you're looking at it like your relationship with God you can't even go a day without fixing this issue yeah. because you can't get a day you know, you can't go a day without worshiping God. Yeah. So if you if you look at it like this is God's child, this is God's son or daughter. How would He have me treat them? Yeah. Um, then it's easy to be like, okay, whatever I'm holding, this grudge, whatever whatever it is, I'm just going to forgive, and I'm going to be the person to be the first to do yeah, it. Sure. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, I would also say like with issues of you know being heard and um, you know disagreeing about stuff that having um, really high standards, that that kind of isn't the norm and doesn't really happen that often. It um, prepares you to just um, deal with it and just not let things like that go on and on when you have that standard of, I'm, like, we're not going to let tension be between us for, you know, minutes or even hours at all. That That's not the norm in our relationship. So, you know, just fixing things quickly and not having that habit or type of relationship where things get between you often, we don't, ex like, I don't think you can, it would be better to expect that to not happen, yeah. you know, and have that standard that you deal with things quickly and, um, yeah, just expect that tension doesn't last very long at all. Cool. 
course. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. I think as well, um, if my hands are shaking only because I was holding my granddaughter and she's so heavy, my muscles. <laughs> it's not because I'm nervous, I'm sorry. Um, uh, so if we um, fill ourselves up with the Lord and we um, are, are viewing life through his eyes, um, I think the thing that will help in, in any relationship, a husband and wife or even friendship, um, is seeing um, seeing the other person through God's eyes and seeing the situation. You know, some people um, internalize a lot of things and, and they might um, be, I don't know, grumpy because of their own issues, not because of you. And sometimes you might take it, oh, they're upset with me. And, and then you're making this thing up in your mind. And So if you can just stop all of that and just think that maybe they're going through something of their own and let me just pray for them, you know, and it won't be such a thing that you think... I'm offended by what's been happening, you know, and then the relationship breaks up. So, yes, starting there, sorry, my hands are so shaking, is, yeah, what I would do, you know, yeah. It's awesome. It's the presence of the Lord. Um, (laughs) um, Just to get a little mushy, what's something you really love about your partner at the moment? How long do we have? (laughs) We're putting everybody on the spot. Just just one of the things. Obviously, there's something that everyone loves there's probably one amazing thing, but what's one of the things that you love? Just um, one that I was thinking about recently is um, Lucas is really unwavering in his convictions. Awesome. That's cool. <laughs> Dee's beautiful. That's awesome. Very good. Um, I think Danny loves well uh, using the de- Bible's definition of love. And I could easily replace the... The first Corinthians 13, Daniel is kind, Daniel is patient. I know this, it's more than one, but he really, he, he, he really does love yeah. well. Yeah. I love um, about Lee, her just caring nature. Um, she's got such a mother's heart in her already, but she's just uh, caring to me and like even like my family as well, just how she's just gone in there and just going herself and all that family stuff, so <laughs> it's that's awesome. better. That's cool. Yeah. Um, not only is my wife beautiful on the outside, but she's beautiful on the inside. She has a beautiful spirit, and I love her selfless um, attitude, and yeah. Um, and I love uh, Tony's confidence um, and his persistence um, in life, yeah. Very good. Um, Um, I think it's pretty impressive that um, Brendan juggles lots of things but has really solid um, priorities and um, keeps all the good things first I think I give Christina plenty of reasons to be annoyed at me (laughs) but she's um, yeah just her love and her patience and yeah I think she does well it's great Hey, this is a bit of a spicier question, and uh, obviously not everybody in the room that's single is looking to get into a relationship, but someone's asked uh, the, the, the crew here, what do you think could be some of the things that are keeping single people single? So someone looking to get into a relationship, is there anything you, that you can say or bring um, some sort of wisdom that might be helpful? Um, I'd say... Sometimes if we're too desperate for something, it's not really attractive. Um, But when you get secure in yourself, you get secure in God, 
Um, God brings things to you, so you don't have to be seeking out. Um, I think there's like a picture of people praying for their husband or wife to come. I feel like God's more like, just seek after me and I'll bring things to you in, in my time. It's kind of the same. It's like, are you wanting a relationship because you're just wanting a relationship for the sake of it? Or is it more for the future-wise? Like, if you're more, like what Luke was saying, if you're secure in your identity and trusting God, that something's going to come as well, um, knowing that it'll kind of, it'll eventuate and something will happen to it. Um, but sometimes, I think I was, in times of my own strength, I was just wanting, desperate for a relationship because I felt lonely or, and I just wanted to find someone and then I would try and probably do it in my own strength. Um, but trusting God, you know, that someone is there for me that will be there. Yeah, that's in there. Um, I just want to say, um, similar to what Dee was saying about um, uh, look internally, look at yourself and, and make sure that you are ready for a relationship as well and, and also don't have these expectations where you have already envisioned who you're going to be with because most of the time it's not what you think. You know, and you can just see on this stage here, uh, probably no one would have been coupled, you know, by by the status quo. If you know what I mean, it's just just be open, be uh, open to God's uh, leading, and then He'll lead you to that person that you connect with, and then, and then your life partner will be there. If you just make sure you just have that open mind and don't, yeah, just it's good to have high expectations, but it's the it's the type of expectations that we have, the type of person. I mean, I hardly met all my expectations. I didn't even know I needed her. You know what I mean? She met them all, and God knows our heart better than you know your heart. That's what I'm trying to say, yeah. Um, one thing that's a little, I don't know if it's going to be a little left field, but um, I think especially like from a Christian point of view, like there's a big emphasis on your calling, your direction, what's my purpose in life, They're all very valid questions. But Paul goes on to say, I think it's in Corinthians, where he, he talks about like, better you don't get married because he knows that how important marriage is and if you enter into that covenant it becomes more important it's going to take it's you know becomes more important than your calling it's like the ultimate covenant you can make on this earth um you know obviously outside our father so like but we look for someone that you know suits my calling or suits my direction and i me personally i disagree with that i think that that, that's great but you got to look for someone that in 30 years time you can sit on a stage and say you know, we're, we're, we're still in this covenant. And for me, it's like all I wanted was someone that I could have a really good time with and I was attracted to because uh, I knew that well, that would see me through for the and keep me on that. I know it's a little alternate, but, I, I, yeah, I just think, like, find someone that you can companion for the rest of your life is the ultimate. Like, don't be looking for the, you know, ultimate, you know, I mean, if you're thinking that way, preacher, Daniel or preacher, you know, like all this or someone that's doing, look, just look for someone that you can companion for the rest of your life. That makes sense. Uh, there's like, obviously there's a large uh, sort of demographic of people that have gone through divorce, you know, whether it's abuse in relationships, broken trust, all that sort of stuff. Um, it'd be cool. Like, I mean, there's no one on stage has been divorced, but I think, like, I mean, Jesus speaks into marriage, and he was never married. He speaks into parenting. Never, and I just feel like it'd be cool to hear if there's anything that you guys can share on some of this stuff. Um, one thing I thought would be cool to open up is, like, what do you think restoration can look like for someone that's gone through an abusive relationship, there's a broken, there's broken trust, and, and it's ended in divorce? Um, 
What, what do you think restoration can look like for that? That's a tough question. Um, I, I just want to say that I, I haven't experienced divorce, obviously, but I have experienced it secondhand with uh, Heidi's parents. And, and I remember many, 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 many years ago, and Heidi remembers this, I, I would say, this is before we were ever married, I would say to Heidi's mum that, um, you know, if you only knew how much you're hurting your children, maybe you'd rethink this. And it, it really didn't go down well. <laughs> um, I, I don't think you should be talking into, you know, a marriage if you don't know them very well. And I found out later that it wasn't anything to do with her that they were having a divorce. She was trying to keep the marriage together. And I found out later that she was the one that was holding it together and the other one, you know, was the one that actually found someone else. Long story short, you know. So you really, you just got to, it's, and it's hard to actually uh, restore that marriage. I'll, I'll keep it short because I know that, that it's only a God thing and a miracle that it, it has to be prayer. It has to be understanding, has to be counselling. There has to be counselling involved and there has to be, a, you know, a covering with a, with a particular church that you go to and maybe get counsel and prayer. And, and then even then, it's still, sometimes it's hard to restore unless unless they both are willing to come back to each other. And there has to be... A, that's what I mean by saying Heidi's mother was willing and he wasn't. Yeah. If they're both willing, then of course there's restoration. Sure. Yeah. Maybe even what about restoration for the person? Like, what do you think that can look like for the individual that, like, is coming now out of that? Any sort of encouragement or...? Yeah, I think if you're hurt, like, Going to God, going to your um, private, um, what's it closed? Secret place. <laughs> going to your secret place with God and just let Him heal you in those areas of hurt, um, maybe where trust is broken. So then, if there is relationships in the future, you're not bringing that into that relationship, but you're willing to be open again and vulnerable and willing to awesome. trust them again. Also, like, I just think of like the story of Paul, you know, he turned from Saul, who persecuted Christians, like he was notorious for being a murderer of Christians, and then God dramatically touches his life, and he goes to preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, and it's like, that's our God, he's a, he's a God of restoration, it doesn't matter what any of us have done in our past, like that's the beauty of our faith and the hope in him, so it's like, no matter what you have participated in, no matter what you have experienced from someone else putting onto you, like there's restoration available in him. That's why Paul would say, I was the chief of sinners and look at me now. Now he had the, like once he got touched by God, he had the boldness to say, follow me as I follow Christ. So um, my encouragement to anyone who has experienced pain or trauma or has had to walk away from a relationship for whatever reason is like our God is a God of reconciliation and restoration. And that's the hope that we have. And um, I would encourage that person to, you know, allow him to touch their heart, his love, is transformational and also he calls us into community with one another and that's the beauty of walking it out as brothers and sisters in him so yeah i would just add to that like when you go through something like this like pain and you know something that's just feels like it marks your life um i would just question taking on that as your identity because if you go to god and you still ask god like who am i is this part of my identity? He will tell you that it's not. Like, he will show you who you really are. So it might feel like it's marked you or it might feel like it's part of your story, but 
Jesus is in the habit of wiping out your past and wiping out your story. It's like you don't have to go based on what you've been through to say, okay, God, what do I do now? So I just encourage you, if you feel like it's marked you, Jesus heals everything. He heals emotional, he heals physical pain, he heals everything. Um, So all you need to do is go to him. And it sounds like, you know, naive or simple or whatever, but just getting before God, I just believe Jesus can heal anything. So I just encourage you. So the number one reason for divorce is in-law issues. So we're going to talk about... No, I'm joking. It's, it's not. But we are going to talk about in-laws. Um, just another spicy subject. Um, thoughts on having a healthy relationship. We've got in-laws on the stage. So uh, watch out, D. Um, but if it'd be cool to maybe chat into... We've got a question that came through about relationships with in-laws. Um, what, what do you think... Can you speak into, I guess, having a healthy relationship with your in-laws, what that can look like, what it should look like in, in your perspective? It almost feels like I shouldn't talk on this because I'm very spoiled with who my in-laws are. <laughs> Getting brownie points. No, <laughs> no but honestly, um, like part of like I, it's a blessing that by marrying Lucas, I was brought into such a beautiful family. But um, like making time in your life to spend time with your family is such a beautiful blessing, and obviously will nurture the ability to have a thriving relationship with your in-laws. And um, it's a beautiful thing that when two people get married, two families join together. Um, And whether, you know, it's a thriving relationship from the start or you have to navigate different things, like the investment of time, I think, is such a beautiful place to start. Mm. Do you call them mum and dad? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll just add, add on to what Dee was saying. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, spending time. Like, so we, we do, like, weekly family nights, pretty much. Um, and I think it's super important because if you don't make the time to actually build a relationship, it's not just some artificial relationship because Dee's family is her family. I'm not close to them until I get to know them and until I, you know, put effort in, so... Um, obviously like looking up to them respecting your in-laws and like asking them about their life their story but yeah just making time um i guess for me it's quite different i have i'm coming from a different culture my family's in the philippines and dennis family's here and i think like d i'm very blessed with um have future in-laws suffer <laughs> that who who love me who just accepted me like their own daughter <laughs> Tim um, but uh, I remember Tim actually the- asked this question <laughs> I know we promised I know we promised this would remain anonymous I had to do it <laughs> I remember the early stage of our, my uh, of our relationship I have here my my ex housemate Jess Jess um, I said. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to look like because they're from different culture. They're very different. But I remember her telling me that, you know, you might have different cultures. You might have different ways of doing things. But you have your common denominator, which is your faith. And honestly, it's, it's been really great how they embrace me and how this, that one common denominator, which is the same value that we have in Christ, really helped in, um, yeah, in uh, being with them and uh, having this relationship with them now. 
Yeah, I'm gonna say. Well, it's interesting for me because um, obviously there's a culture difference, and uh, Lee's parents are from the Philippines, so I haven't actually seen them face to face. It's all like over Zooms, and the English is very broken. So it's something. Yeah, I think when I'll be able to go there and see them more as well, we can be able to connect and do that. But even like trying to embrace a new culture, like I have to call them. This was a new one for me, but I had to call them uh, Tita and Tito. I don't think I said that right, right? <laughs> Auntie and uncle. Um, not like even mum or dad or their parents' names. So that's like something, you know, I've had to learn their culture as well in how to respect them in their culture. So that was something I had to learn from, yeah. That's what love does. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's, if you love, you, you can say if you love God, you're going to love them as well because they're God's children. But if you love your wife or you love your husband, you're going to love your, their family because um, it, it, really, it would really hurt them if you didn't. And, and also, I, I, I encourage um, Heidi to, to spend time with the in-laws. We encourage that. We actually, you know, she encourages, when, when my parents were around, we, we used to spend time with my parents and Heidi. And so it's just a, you know, if you love your partner, you would obviously love their family as well because like Dee was saying, two families come together and, and it's not, you don't lose a daughter or a son, you actually gain more children, you know? And that's and and I'm so proud to be your father-in-law. I really am. Yeah. Can I just say, um, as a mother-in-law, um, you know, I, I could be seen as you know the mother-in-law, but um, I have invested into my daughter's-in-laws, daughter-in-laws, really, isn't it? Um, you know, I don't want to be seen as that mother-in-law um, in people's minds. You know, I. I love them uh, as if they're my own, you know, and um, because my sons have chosen their, their wives that they want to be with and, and from that moment is like you're part of, you know, the family. And, um, and I, I always um, try to um, keep the, you know, don't want to be in their face about things and, you know, like it's, it's really, it's like a normal relationship that you have with anyone else, you know, just because you've got a, a son doesn't mean that you can be all over, you know, like what are you doing today, you know, and, and I just be too much in their face, you know. Um, so at the same time, you know, you keep your distance. Um, they, the more that you um, pour love into them, they'll want you to be a part of their life, you know, so if anyone um, is thinking, but, you know, I won't get time with my, my son anymore or, or, or my daughter because of they're married now, um, yeah, don't feel like that, you know, really keep working on yourself as well, and I think that's the main thing, is always keep working on yourself so that you can be a better person for everyone around you. Um, we're also blessed with beautiful um, families around us um, but I know that you know things um, can get tricky with in-laws and I really think that uh, key is to have some good leadership for your own family and to have those clear boundaries um, and um, you know just having a husband that leads our family and makes those calls and um, you know just being a wife that respects those calls and our family boundaries really um, puts like healthy boundaries and healthy family life in place for in-laws issues or, you know, just that kind of stuff. Because, um, you know, like we've now left our parents and we're our own family and we have our own authority system. And um, I need to, like, I respect that. And I have, you know, uh, as a husband, Brendan leads our, our family. So um, I just think that, 
like that um, way God has put in place like authority for each family and it does um, you know just not leave any room for issues like that to come between families yes but I understand Heidi in a few years I might be the overbearing mother <laughs> that I talked about because <laughs> my sons might have another woman in their life so I'll come to you in a few years <laughs> Um, just because it is getting recorded, yes, we do have good parents. But, um, but definitely, um, I think I echo, like, we both have the same thing to say, so I won't say it too long. But, it, yeah, you leave your parents and you become, you become one, and they need to know that, and you guys need to know that, and she needs to know that if my mum wants us to do something but she doesn't want to do it, then we don't do it, you know, and vice versa. Like, our parents, uh, you know, and, they, and just creating those boundaries, I think, is really healthy. Certain cultures... Like we've got to, anyway, culture clashes make that trickier as well because we're just different ways and different thinking, but we've got to create our own culture as a family and then and do it respectfully but still know that we've got each other, you know. Yeah. Very good. Um, okay, we're coming to the end of this thing and uh, I thought it'd be cool because everyone here is a child of someone. Um, so children, parent dynamics exist for everybody um as in you've been a child if you if you don't if your parents aren't alive or also children of the father and um but i thought it'd be cool to ask a question around parenting and i thought it'd be cool to hear from the parents as parents if there was something that you could say to your children just being vulnerable say something it's like you want them to hear it what would you say and as children um, what would you say to parents that you could be vulnerable and wish they could hear? Or maybe just split it down the middle with the olders and the youngers. <laughs> and so, yeah, so if, does that kind of make sense? So, like, as children, um, if you could say something to your parents, you know, it's not, not to get, you know, but just, like, being real, it's like, uh, like you, something that you want parents to understand, that's probably a way to word it. As children, what would you like to communicate that you want parents to understand? And parents... Uh, what would you like to communicate that you want children to understand? We'll start with the children so that way the parents can say, yeah, but I want you to understand. <laughs> anyway, does that make sense? You can have a think if you need to. I've got my parents on the panel. Um, something that I want them to understand, I think they understand quite a lot. Um, yeah, I think... What, maybe one thing is um, I feel like looking back at my childhood, the, the good memories or the stuff that you've taught me is just so overwhelmingly like my memory of, of childhood. And I don't know if sometimes you feel like, oh, little regrets here and there. Um, I would just say like, don't let that even, like those are lies from the enemy because of how much you've poured your love into me and, and brothers and sisters. Um, the memory that I've had, that I have of childhood has been, you know, amazing. Mm. So I think um, sometimes maybe parents are harder on themselves than they should be. Um, but yeah, I think the, the lessons that I've learned from you guys are countless and um, could never thank you enough, so. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Um, I'll just say like, um, like looking back growing up, like every time my parents were there for me or set aside time to do something with me. It's like those are the memories that you'll cherish forever and the, the times that really stand out. Like even though I'm sure there's many times in my childhood where it didn't seem like I was grateful for their sacrifice and everything. It's like growing up, you see how much they count the cost mm. for you 
to be blessed yeah. and to grow up, have an education and all those things like that. But I'll also say it's like people in the room who don't have biological children, like there's so many um, young people at church who crave um, input and mentorship from an, the older generation. Awesome. So like even if you feel like you don't have much to offer, just know sitting down, having coffee with someone, like sharing your life experience, sharing what God's speaking to you in whatever season, like that will mean more for a young person than what you could ever realise. So just be encouraged, awesome. like whether you have biological children or not, like you have something to offer from all of your life experience and there's people in this house who are craving that kind of input. So, um, yeah. It was interesting for me looking back now, but going to church and stuff, I didn't really like going. And the parents kind of at the time was like, oh, come on, we've got to go. Um, and I didn't have a relationship with God really back then, but I still, it's interesting now, I still remember components or mo- memories going to church on Sundays and stories from the Bible even now back then, even though I wasn't pursuing yeah. God back then. And it's just interesting what seeds were sown and I remembered from my childhood, yeah. even though I wasn't pursuing God. So I think that was something that even if my kids in the future aren't interested or don't want to pursue God or aren't interested, still making them, you know, getting them surrounded in this yeah. environment. Yeah. So you made your decisions to follow Christ later in life. And even though your parents brought you up in that stuff, you weren't walking in it, hey? Yeah, I, hadn't, yeah. I didn't want to have anything to do with God, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, none of my friends were doing it, and I thought it was... <laughs> I just didn't like it. <laughs> um, there were so many rules and stuff. But, yeah, that was just my concept of what it was. Yeah. So, and from those memories, it's like, oh, this is what actually I learned. And, yeah, yeah I just really appreciate those values that mum and dad had. That's awesome. Uh, I think for me, I just wanted to say thank you to all the parents and to my parents as well for showing an example of um, unconditional and sacrificial love. And I think as I grow up, uh, I realize it, as, as I grow older, I realize it even more how, how our parents, parents' love doesn't change uh, no matter how we act and no, no matter what we do, no matter what mistakes we do. And I think as I think more about it, it's if our parents who are imperfect and sinful um, and uh, love us this much, it really just emphasizes the, the kind of love God has for us. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm just really, I'm just really amazed when I look, uh, when I look at how parents love their children and, um, and sacrifice everything for, for us and just unwavering love. It's amazing because I see even more God's love for us, God's perfect love. Absolutely, absolutely. so good. Um, well, I don't, I, I can't critique my children. I, they, they have, they have their own relationship with God, and that's all that matters to me. But isn't it wonderful how God created family um, in this beautiful way, where they look like you, you're responsible for their birth, and you feel like you need to lead them, you know, from the, from the time they're changing their nappy. I mean. They could have come out of eggshells. They could have been, you know, they could have come out of the ground if God wanted it that way. But he made it this way because that is the perfect way of covenant between a husband and a wife. It's very, it symbolizes, you know, us and, 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 and the bride with Christ, you know. And the family is just an amazing unit. That's why um, the enemy wants to destroy it. And we need to preserve the family as much as we can, pray for families, pray for husbands and wives, 
And I love my children. I think they're amazing. I think because they have their own relationship with God, I couldn't be more proud of them. That's awesome. Um, My prayer, uh, like when I start to pray for my family, um, is always a generational thing, a prayer of, you know, like I don't just see my children, I don't just see my grandchildren, I see great-grandchildren, I see the, the lineage down all the way and and I just pray that um, that they stay um, with their eyes fixed on Jesus uh, through the next generations that are going to probably see his return and that's if he's not coming back in this time um, but you know like just to um, with with our um, relationship with God that it's not just our generation it's not just our children but that they're also t- teaching their children and then they're teaching their children so it's something that it's not going to be lost out like the relationship I've got with God I want my everyone to have and that's what I want my children to do just to be able to um, share it to their children um, yeah just to keep that connection because I'm going to be in heaven waiting for everyone <laughs> um so you want us to say something about our children? It doesn't have to be about your children. Okay. So as parents, something that you wish children, you know, or you want children to know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, I just, for our family, like I feel like um, more and more God's teaching me to just, um, you know, just see the best for our children and see their future and just, um, you know, just to see, I see them that like God has shown me that they're all going to be so influential in all of their spheres and that it's our job to just, um, you know, have those big dreams for them and have those expectations for them so that they um, just take that on for themselves. And um, I suppose it makes it part of our job now to facilitate that when we see that, you know. Um, But, um, you know, just being at our stage of, like, family life, it's all-consuming and sometimes, like, such thankless work when you have little kids. But... Um, I feel like our culture doesn't value the love and service and, um, you know, just, like, how um, important family life is. You know, I I feel like people just, uh, maybe in the world, we don't prioritise that and think about that anymore. Um, And it's so good that we talk about that at church and, you know, um, like, parents don't make money for the massive job that they do and sometimes in our culture that doesn't get priority because it takes so much time but... Um, in God's heart, it's such a big priority, and I hope that that love and care comes out to our family. Um, you know, just that, um, although like thankless and um, you know doesn't look like it's generating much work right now, um, it is like, yeah, just the family and kids are close to God's heart, and all this work is just um, you know it's such kingdom work. Yeah. When mum and dad are talking. <laughs> uh, I think um, one thing, like, when you're being parented in any way, um, like, so, like, I think if... Because if, parent, like, oh, I mean, from us, from a parenting point of view, like, there's so much love, like, you know? Um, but the only thing we want is, like, to, yeah, as Chris said, like, equip them. Like, we want the best. We have the best intentions for them. And, uh, like, I would love for kids to know that even when you're communicating something that frustrates them, you know? Like, if they could just catch it, you know? So, like, and that could go in any context. Like, when you're being led by someone, sometimes they're going to 
They're going to steer you or they're going to tell you something or they're going to ask you to do something. It could be work or, you know, anyway, I'm not trying to preach. But, yeah, like, but it's just knowing that from a parent's point of view, kids, like, we, we do have your best intentions at heart. You know, we do want you guys to do well, you know. I think that's, yeah. Um, one more thing. Um, I, heard, I just think that, um, yeah, just as a, like, family covering, it's such an important thing to give to a child so when you know people were talking about their parents just now I just um I think it's undervalued the um you know just the like work and love and covering that was given to us um and Brendan um sometimes we take it for granted but it's really just um life-changing stuff you know when you've just had that covering and um we underestimate the investment that it gives to your kids, yeah, and that, are, that I've had. You know, I know lots of good things that have come to me um, and have come easy to me in family life is because I had that investment that is sometimes taken for granted or seen as normal. Yeah. That's very good. Awesome. Honour your parents. And uh, is it, what's the word say? It says that you'll, you will live a long life. Very good. Awesome. All right, guys. I just realized we've gone incredibly over time. I wasn't even looking at my phone. I just got completely uh, lost in this. Uh, but I just want to let you know, we, we have been receiving all your questions. I got a million questions on here. And um, I just wanted to say thank you for participating and shooting through questions. But what I want you to do is I want you to save, because these questions are brilliant. And so I want you to save those questions. If your question, I tried to amalgamate a bunch of questions as well um, into single questions. But if you feel like your question wasn't answered, save your question and bring it to Connect um, in a week or two. And I think it'd be cool to chat around some of these things because I think we're going to see a lot of breakthrough in this. Uh, we know that the word says that the world will know us by our love for one another. So this is actually key. This is like a uh, sort of foundational principle for us um, to be who God's called us to be as church. Amen. All right, I'm going to pray for us and then I'm going to release all of us. Father, we thank you that you give us such a beautiful example of a relationship with you as a heavenly father and also as the groom in the, um, in the bride and the bridegroom relationship that you have with your church. And Father, we just pray that you would continue to show us your ways. Father, we pray that indeed we would be known by our love for one another. And I just pray that love would prevail in this community, in this place, uh, that there would be such love, such forgiveness, such honor uh, that just uh, bubbles out of this place. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. If you'd like to partner with us, you can visit ggclife.com forward slash give. We hope you have an amazing week. Be blessed.